mysteries, mysteries. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. Mysteries Inc. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. It's been a while. We're here at Mysteries Inc. with Spring and... I'm Joe. And we're here to give you some fun stories about history, mystery, conspiracies, and creatures. I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas and uh, New Year. I know we did. (laughs) Yep, we shared it. Well, I didn't really do it. (laughs) I was was putting up fence on Christmas, but hey. Hey, whatever. (laughs) I hope you guys uh, had a great month. We have not uh, been in your ears in a while. I was quite busy with a new home type thing, and so, uh, but we are back at it to Heck to bring yeah. you some fun stories. And as usual, we're going to start off with some uh, rock paper scissors. So, oh, here we Spring, go. have you been working on the, the on your game since? Uh, the... No, but this is a new year, new me, <laughs> <laughs> new loss. <laughs> Shut up. All right, rock paper scissors, shoot! Yes! Oh, yes, new year, new me. I won. <laughs> Damn. So. I'm going to start off with a fun story that I titled Fire and Shit, because it's pretty accurate. Is it in a paper bag? <laughs> no. He called the ship poop. <laughs> I love Adam Sandler movies. All right. So the it, this is about, I'm going to say it phonetically, Yano Mami, and it's the Yano Mami or Yano Mama uh, tribes down in South America. Okay, yeah, they're sounds a, familiar. A largely isolated tribe with about over like 200 villages. Um, they're located in the rainforests of the northern part of Brazil and Venezuela. And in the 1980s, there was some talk about them because uh, gold miners decided to invade the tribe's land in order to start mining the gold, and they massacred a lot of people. Ooh, and like um, 3.0. <laughs> yeah, well. Normally, the Yanami people had to worry about malaria because I guess it would kill four out of ten people. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, it is crazy. But then with the gold mining, they had to then be worried about mercury poisoning the rivers and, you know, diseases that were introduced to this, you know, isolated tribe. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you about one of their myths because tribes always have amazing myths, especially creation and where things go. And this is a myth about how they got fire. Mm, So, and you're not... Yanonami, oh my gosh, Yanomami mythology, animals and humans were the same. They would eat, walk, talk, and behave the same way. And I found two versions of this myth, and I combined them both because they kind of have the same idea and they kind of circle. So, like, you'll hear me kind of refer to it one way or in another way because it's just kind of, there's two different ways that I saw it. So, uh, Iwarmi, or Iwa for short, had been described as an alligator, specifically a caiman. And he had a secret fire that he kept in his mouth. After hunting, he would go to his cave. And then uh, when it was time to cook his food, he would open his mouth and he would start some wood on fire and he'd roast up his food and then he'd close his mouth when he was done and hide it. Well, during this time, the Yanomami people and all the animals had to eat their food cold and raw. There was no fire. So they were just kind of eating it and... Everyone around 
Iwa would smell his food roasting and they thought it smelled delicious. And they were like, whoa, mm-hmm. what the hell? So um, wanting to eat the same delicious foods, the animals and some villagers would bring their food to the entrance of the cave and in hopes that it would like, you know, the warmth and the fire oh, would okay. then roast their food. But the problem was that Iwa would come out and would gobble up most of the food and left like a little bit for the people. Did he at least so, cook it for him? Yeah, it was cooked, but okay. like he would just eat up most of it. So nobody complained about this because they believed that with, and I don't know if it's Iwa, Iwa, it's I-W-A. Um, he hmm. would come out, or no, nobody complained about it because they believed that he must be extremely powerful since he was the only one that had secret fire. <laughs> The location of the cave was not known to everyone, and one day a young boy from the Wood Quail tribe or the Sinema tribe, uh, while lost in the jungle, stumbled upon some charred leaves outside of a cave. Iwa was inside sleeping, so the boy creeped around looking for any food that might have been cooked so he could steal it. After finding nothing, he grabbed some charred leaves and took and found his way back home and he showed him to his father who immediately asked if there was any cooked food (laughs) and seeing his son was empty-handed he came up with a plan to try to trick iwa into opening his mouth so they could steal the fire for themselves the plan was to throw a huge party and invite iwa to it everyone was going to try to make iwa laugh so that he would open his mouth and someone could steal the fire at sundown, the party started. There was music, dancing, food, and everyone was telling jokes or showing off their tricks and raw trying to get... Food. Raw Well, yeah, food. it was all raw, gross food, but it was still a, a party. And um, they were all showing off tricks, trying to get the biggest laughs. So everyone was having a great time except for Iwa, who sat there with his mouth clamped shut, with hiding, his fi- hiding the fire. A purple bird started dancing and wiggling his tail around, shouting, blow, blow, blow. And with each blow, the bird shot out a stream of poo. Uh, the party was laughing, except for Iwa. He just sat there with his mouth closed. Well, I'd close my mouth, too. There's poop <laughs> flying everywhere. Well, then came a dog who wanted to show everyone his tricks. And he was jumping around and doing his things. And for his finale, he took a massive dump and threw his poo onto all the onlookers. I would also keep my mouth closed then, too. The party was laughing, so they thought it was funny. No. Except um, everyone was laughing except for Iwa, who sat there still with his mouth tightly closed. Um, so finally, a green-tailed... Jackamar, Jackamar gave it a try. He danced all around the party and stopping at each one of the party goers and he would turn around and put his butt in their face and then he'd keep dancing and go to the next one. going to poop at him. <laughs> so when he got to Iwa, he shot out a stream of poo into Iwa's face and that's what got him to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Iwa's mouth opened and the fire shot out in bursts of flames and a long-tailed hummingbird took the opportunity and swooped into his mouth and grabbed the number and flew up to the top of a tree. All the birds that helped steal fire from uh, Iwa's mouth ended up with singed wings, which is why like their beautiful colored uh, feathers then turned black. Mm -hmm. It's always that kind of reason. Like the birds must have stolen some kind of fire in so many stories and that's why they're black. Yeah. Like, that, it, it's always, like, the crow. I don't know. It kind of makes sense, because you see colorful birds sometimes. And then you're like, why is this one night? just, like, so dark? Like, it looks like it got rolled around inside the ashes. <laughs> Nothing in the fire too long. So, all the birds that help... Yeah, I was just saying that. Um, They're black feathers. The ember ended up in the heart of a tree, and it started on fire. Blade Jama 
Blade Jamoma, Igwa's wife, followed the bird to a tree, and when the bird started the tree on fire, Blade Jamoma peed on it in an attempt to put it out. I really like this poo and pee. <laughs> but she couldn't because the fire was too big and it was rooted in the heart of the tree that her attempts were un- unsuccessful. Plus, like, women just can't pee, She pee wasn't with aiming. The... Yeah. Right. You don't have the fire hose. I'm sorry. And legend is also that his wife was uh, a frog. So I can't imagine the stream being that amazing either. <laughs> no. I... But with the fire... And frogs, it just dribbles out, doesn't it? I like, don't know. They don't have a stream. I've never I... seen a frog pee or poo, so I don't know. I think I've been peed on by a frog. Oh yeah, like a toad. Like a toad yeah. yeah, but I've never seen it come out of them. I just, no, it just it's, it's just, just there. there. It's just there. <laughs> and then it gives you warts. Remember? <laughs> I, I, I don't recall getting any one. Oh, maybe that was just a lie told to me by my parents again, <laughs> <laughs> or an urban legend. But with the fire out of Iwa's mouth, his tongue shrunk, and so did his jaw, creating that um, very iconic Cayman smaller uh, mouth kind yeah. of look. Yeah, it looks shriveled. And he felt humiliated, and he went back to the water and stayed there, where the um, giant snake, river snake, became the king of the river. And he was just content to not be around, because he lost his fire. Oh, man. And that's how the Yano Mama <laughs> got fire. Huh. Well, oh, so much pain and poop. I know. I wasn't expecting, like, I don't know, like, three instances of poop just being sh- everywhere. And, like, right, like it's a party. <laughs> they just throw poop at people and everyone's <laughs> laughing. And it's like, oh my god. I would not be laughing. <laughs> uh. Thank goodness for the internet and TV, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right? It almost seems like some kind of run and stimpy party. <laughs> Imagine where we'd be if we didn't have all this fun stuff. <laughs> Alright, so today I'm going to talk about a fun creature that like everyone kind of knows about, but I, I didn't know much. Uh, okay. Talking about griffins. Oh. And not PETA and his family. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, PETA. Uh, so, uh, if you don't know, uh, a griffin is like a half lion, half eagle. Uh, it's just like cool. notoriously powerful and majestic. And usually it has like an eagle's head, but I okay. found ones where it's just like a winged lion <laughs> um, there's there's variations on it and part of that is because it's just so old and actually just kind of in so many different cultures but yeah uh it really got around and there's really no kind of known origin story it's not in any specific myths i mean it, it winds up being in some but it was like around before then and so, so like in greek mythology kind of stuff it it comes up in some greek mythology but it goes further back than that it feels egyptian because the egyptians was, used to put like uh different it, animal heads on things. it was in egyptian but it's also it was kind of around before that it's it said that it, like it goes back like it predates written language because they'd find it in art and stuff Pretty Is interesting. This the Jesus, right? <laughs> Actually, funny you say that. I'll get to that later. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's just this like notoriously and well, well-regarded, powerful, majestic creature. Okay. Um, and people kind of actually just thought like it was a real thing. They didn't think of it as a myth. They thought of it as just a a being that they might actually, or like a creature they might actually see one day. Uh, they thought it was real. Um, That's stupid. It's <laughs> often known. <laughs> Often, often known for like guarding gold and, and treasures, like but particularly gold. Yeah, and sometimes it does. It has uh, some analogs to dragons. Okay. Uh, it was often Falcor. thought to, to roam in packs. 
uh, hunting large game like deer, or horses, or similar. I've never beasts. seen them in herds or packs. That's really cool. Apparently, like that's how they live. But wait a minute, wait a minute. It's bird and a lion. Wait, They're not packs. The that was the dog. <laughs> it was. It's. It's not. Pre- it's packs. These are prides or flocks. I know. Well, that's what I thought, and I was like, well, how should I write that? Because they they said packs, and I was like. <laughs> the dog is apparently the dingus is under the you. table we're recording in a new place today so it was either this or next to the birds it's, it's my griffin under the table <laughs> uh, so I, I i thought split the difference and go with pack instead okay. of herd or flock or pride uh, and so uh they they tend to eat like bigger things like deer and you know things like that Imagine. or the occasional human if they piss them <laughs> off um they do have nests like birds, but they're actually like on the ground or usually like kind of up in the mountains, but they're not like in trees or okay. like perched high because they, in some instances, they said that they like, they walk more than fly. In some things, I, depictions I saw, they were flying in a, a pack, <laughs> flying. <laughs> um, but then like there's variations where so one of the oldest ones, they kind of make it sound like you did, they don't actually even have wings. They're just kind of feathery a little. But uh, there's one first century Greek philosopher, uh, Apollonius of Tyana, wrote that they did not have true bird wings, but instead membranous feet, like webbed feet, uh, that were capable of like short flight. Kind of like a big flying squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to imagine this, like, holy fuck. Like, I know, like these lines, well, they see, it's weird because a lot of them have like talons on the front, but then yeah. the back feet are, yeah, I don't know. I, trying to picture this was... There's so many iterations of them that it's kind of it almost makes me feel like it's some part of like missing link in evolution for like you know between but not for a lion because like <laughs> no because lizards and birds are related and I mean there could have been some feathered like lizards that survived mm-hmm. longer just because the feathers might have helped no. out with insulation and with flying to get to different there habitats. Is some story or some thought that that like some of the earliest people to stumble upon them did see bones that were like, you know, it's in the desert, in the Gobi Desert, and they'd find bones, but they would find, like, pile, like, a bunch of different kind of bones and not know which ones went where. Okay, okay. So So then they were just like, look at this, it's a tiger and a hawk. Bad taxidermy, you know. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, uh, if you recall our old friend Pliny the Elder from the dog, uh, he described them as being winged and long-eared. So, oh, this is just another fun description. I can't uh, imagine a hawk with as, ears. <laughs> as far back as things go, the the written uh, accounts, uh, late 4th millennium BCE in Egypt and Elam, which is kind of modern day Iran, uh, and in, like, they also pop up again in 2nd millennium, millennium Syria, uh, mm-hmm. BCE, of course. Uh, they appeared on a lot of, oh, sorry, no, this was p- before written. This is kind of the earliest... Um, uh, artistic renditions. They appeared in, on amulets and tomb seals a lot. Kind of thought to be like a sign of protection or prestige. Okay. Um, early Greek stories that when they're finally written down were adapted tales from the uh, Scythians. They were nomadic steppe people. Okay. Um, and that's who like, often in like the Gobi Desert and then the steppes. They, they were very nomadic. They covered okay. a lot of a lot of space. Um, so the, the earliest written account comes from Aristeus, he's a Greek poet. Um, where is it? Sounds the like fourth, it. Uh, I think, 
fourth century BC. I don't know. I can't, I forgot to write that down, but he was later, um, oh, seventh century BC. Okay. Um, this was later, his poem was preserved by Herodotus. You okay. Know, yeah. Okay. Um, and in an epic poem, he tells of Scythians fighting off lion-sized creatures with curved eagle-like beaks while they searched for gold. Uh, always with the gold. Creepy. Yeah. Always gold. And so one, another interesting fact to the, the, the Scythians and the finding things in the desert is the wind blows things and it yes, often... Yes, it does. Like, they, they've found literally just exposed dinosaur skeletons before. Mm-hmm. Um, and gold deposits often. And so I think maybe seeing some of these around each other... Yeah. That was some stories um so uh yeah so they fought off these these huge lion-sized creatures with curved eagle-like beaks uh they were often depicted in scythian art and even tattooed on a bunch of these mummies and the scythians were like fierce notoriously fierce warriors so like they found it's pretty badass i don't know yeah 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 these crazy horseback riders (laughs) coming to get you with these cool tattoos (laughs) waiting for the pride of griffins to show up in the sky and so for greeks reading this it this would have been like tales of a faraway and like mysterious place okay Uh, and so kind of just added to the lore and then we're gonna bring up another uh guy i'm pretty sure i talked about him in the the dog-headed one too uh cisias the indica book you know, that physician, that weird dude. Remember? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Uh, he gave a written account around 5th century BCE where he described large gold deposits guarded by a race of four or large four-footed birds about the size of wolves having legs and claws like those of a lion and covered all over the body with black feathers except for a breast of red. <laughs> just, I, just, just if you... For you know, for fun, just type in Griffin and start looking at all the cool art. There's so much cool stuff. I mean, I didn't even, I don't have a second monitor set up. You know, usually I just show Spring. Oh, look at this weird picture. <laughs> uh, pretty cool stuff. And so they they do make appearances, like I said, in Greek mythology, uh, okay. where they're said to pull Apollo's chariot. In some renditions, oh, he really? has horse, but in some it's Griffins. Um, Dionysus and some I've heard Dionysus have horses, donkeys, but it, in some tellings he, he has a griffin. Okay. He pulls it. Zeus kept one as a pet. <laughs> of uh, course. <laughs> Nemesis, who I was was wasn't aware with. It's either uh, you were a pet or a sex slave, one or the other with Zeus. <laughs> or both. <laughs> He's gonna piss on you and impregnate I mean, you. <laughs> he would turn himself into animals to go have sex with animals. So. He one time turned himself into a golden shower, which makes me wonder, how the hell was he getting pissed out? And then he impregnated a woman by being the golden shower. Weird. So there's a <laughs> goddess goddess named Nemesis, which I, uh, was, yes. or I was unaware of before. Uh, she's the goddess of divine retrib- retribution, and she used to have a pack, flock, whatever, of these guys <laughs> to punish treasure thieves. So again, Ooh. just us guarding the treasures. Um, they were very popular in the Middle Ages, like super popular. They uh, almost sound like the fuzzy, like dog dragons that you find in Chinese lore and Japanese lore. I don't know if it's maybe. Japanese, but like in uh, the Chinese, Chinese lore, yeah, yeah, where they have like the fu- the furry, you know, flying like lizard. Only these are more like flying, like lions instead of right. flying lizards. Yeah, kind of fun. So in the Middle Ages, a lot of these depictions show warriors fighting them. 
much like dragons. Uh, but they generally remained like a symbol of good, less than the dragon. Um, oh. And so they remained like a symbol of power and protection, protection often adorning shields and armor on the, the wealthy and noble Europeans. Um, obviously, because, you know, through this, it became a very popular figure in Christian art. Well, yeah, yeah, um, they added to everything. So, in, in it was called etymo- etymolo- etymologically, um, or just, it's an etymological encyclopedia written in the 6th century by a bishop, Isidore of Seville. The griffin is painted as a symbol of Christ. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll get to that. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, the griffin appears multiple times in Dante's Inferno. Oh. And always is like a virtuous character. Uh, it avoids the temptation of the forbidden fruit. Ooh. And it even pulls a divine chariot, which is supposed to represent the church, like the, the Catholic church. Um so and much so, symbolism. What if they're wrong about symbolism? <laughs> like, because symbolism it's is always wrong. perspective, and it's like mm. this chariot's supposed to be like the church that he pulls behind you. It's like, what if it's just a fucking chariot? <laughs> <laughs> well, the inferno was supposed to like the infernal. How about he is like a working fucking griffin? Like, I remember, <laughs> admittedly, I didn't read it, but I like I started to listen to the Dante's Inferno. God, it is. It, it's a lot. I, and I remember being really excited because they said something about adamantium. I'm like, oh, 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 oh wait. <laughs> apparently, apparently that was a thing. Like, oh, not just from down here? No. Right. Um, actually, I'll have another thing in a little while where it's like, huh, I thought that was a, a Harry Potter thing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I have so, <laughs> mm, well, we'll, we'll get to that. So uh, in the 14th century, Sir John Mandeville, who may have been a real person or maybe just like a pen name, He published a travel memoir in which he wrote of a land to the east, just the general east. east, Once uh, again, fuzzy dog dragons. Named Essos. No, I mean (laughs) Bakari. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Wrong map, wrong map. Wrong fake place. Uh, It was a place named Bakaria. Uh, It was said to have more griffins than anywhere else in the world. Holy shit. And these griffins hath... The body, or these griffins hath the body greater and is more strong than eight lions and a hundred eagles. I'm reading. Fuck off! That's why I'm it's, not going near that shit. Right. Uh, they're said to be able to carry off a horse or two oxen at once. They sound like they eat their prey <clears throat> live. I'm not going with it. Right. Uh, their claws are so large that men can make cups out of them, and their <laughs> ribs and wing bones are so big they can be used to make bows. And that's not on Earth, right? Well, according to Sir John Mandeville. Well, that's <laughs> just somewhere in the east. <laughs> Gesture wildly at the east. That uh, way. Hold on, hold on. We're somewhere over there. Over that direction. That way. <laughs> um, or, yeah. Anyways, so I was trying to figure out where. Because oh, I'm, I'm new to this way. place. I had to think. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, in the 17th century, people kind of started to. Like, scholars started to consider that maybe they weren't actually real. No. But a lot of people <laughs> didn't want to give it up. And so, it's just, some people still like, I mean, not still, but like people, it took a while for people to It took to a while for them to be like, But it was like, ah, uh, those, those eggheads trying to tell me that these flying lions don't You just exist. haven't seen one. <laughs> I haven't either, but you just haven't seen one. The government's one. trying to hide these griffins from me. <laughs> uh, so, hippogriffs. Apparently a real thing. I thought it was no just way. a Harry Potter thing. Um, and I don't remember if it was, I guess it was more horse-like than a griffin, 
in yeah. the book yeah, yeah. And, and whatnot. But like, um, then how do they get the name hippogriff? Because it's nowhere resembling a hippo. I don't know where. The, if it's a hippo, I don't know what the hi- hippo. Th- <laughs> right. So apparently, these come when it's an offspring of when a griffin and up mates with a mare. So instead of eating, it just comes down <laughs> and impregnates. It comes down on her um, in one way or another. <laughs> it's it's so it's basically just it's a horse lion eagle creature but like man bear pig (laughs) it's like half lion half horse (laughs) half eagle (laughs) i I love how it's gotta be like kind of like how mules are made where like you can only have like you have to have a female donkey in order to make a mule so you have to have a female horse because if you apparently had a male horse mate with a female griffin it creates nothing i don't know i don't think that just doesn't seem like it would happen either it's like is it a griffof horse? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but apparently this is also, the hippogriffs are, were also seen as a uh, symbol for Christ because it's like, it represents a union between the divine and the natural world, which... No, that is genetically, like, <laughs> fucked upness. That is like, <laughs> that's like breeding gone wrong. <laughs> Wait, is Jesus a donkey? <laughs> <laughs> half man, half donkey. <laughs> Have hippogriff. <laughs> yes. So that is the uh, the griffin. <laughs> I did not know the hippogriff was real. And neither did I. Totally, because it it sounds like one of those weird, like those wonky the name British just stupid. It, because... Right. It sounds like one of those weird collie swapple. It's like I'm expecting British a griffin. <laughs> I'm expecting a griffin that has the mouth of a hippo, or at least an ass of a gri- hippo. I'm expecting something hippopotamus. With a hippogriff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wrong. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong on that one. But, and then, like, I don't think cats and horses mate the same. I mean, just because you've got an opening Uh, and you've got a thing to stick in it doesn't mean that it actually works out that way. Because cats kind of... I don't know, Spring. Like, do they have spiky penises? (laughs) You're trying to make way too sense. No, because, like, cats have spikes on their penises in order to, like, scratch up the inside of the female cats. You can think about this on your drive home. That would be so painful for that bear. (laughs) (laughs) And it would only work one way because she... Like, is the griffin smaller? Right. So that way she's able to handle it? Wouldn't it be a horse, I mean, a a bird penis? I don't know. Oh my god, I didn't even think that (laughs) way. (laughs) How did their penises work? (laughs) I don't know, it's kind of internal, I forget. I I have birds in here, I don't know. Because you can't sex them by, like, just looking. You got other, like, other characteristics that, I don't know, the vet usually does, but... Uh, do you think that's how they sexed them for, or do you think that there's some fuzzy peanut hanging? I think under the <laughs> under the fur you feel something. I don't know. I, I haven't gotten close I enough don't, to touch. I don't touch my birds like that. <laughs> oh, I meant the hippogriff <laughs> <laughs> or the griffin. Like, how do you test if they're male or female? Anyways, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> yes, we will. I've got a, a needy dog who I think needs to go out anyways. So. Oh, what a good segue to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. <laughs> Want to help us get into more ears? Help us grow by following, rating, and reviewing wherever you're listening. This is especially helpful in iTunes, so pop over and give us a rating if you can. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Feel free to leave any questions or comments.